my friend, I have a favor to ask. I'm running as a hero in the 2023 St. Jude Memphis Marathon weekend. St. Jude heroes are runners who fundraise while they train for their race. And I am proud to be a part of this nationwide alliance against childhood cancer. I want to help make sure that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food, so they can focus solely on helping their child live. Your donation, no matter the size, will help. Will you help me reach my fundraising goal? Please visit my fundraising page to show your support at fundraising.stjude.org slash go to slash Donita J. That's D-O-N-I-T-A-J. There's a link in the show notes. I can't thank you enough for helping the kids of St. Jude. Have you heard? This year, 2023, there are some pretty significant changes to some of the triathlon racing rules that you need to be aware of. Are you anxious going into a race and worried that you might accidentally break a rule and get a penalty or worse, disqualification? Well, today we are going through 16 of the most common rule violations that are seen and discussing the biggest rule changes in the 2023 rule book. You're going to leave this episode with the knowledge you need to confidently execute your race day without penalty. So listen in for episode 21 of the official triathlete podcast. Hey, my friend, my name is Danita Jacobs. Some people know me as a nurse, a leader and health expert. Other people know me as a coach, race official and seasoned triathlete. But at the end of the day, I'm simply a friend with a mission. I want to help you transform your life. My goal isn't to help millions. My goal is to help you. Welcome to the official triathlete podcast, where you will learn about all things multi-sport broken down into bite-sized pieces and how we can blend life demands with fitness goals. My approach is different because I am blending my 20 plus years of healthcare and athletic experience to help you be the healthiest, happiest, and most balanced athlete you can be. I believe in you, even if you don't. You really can reach those soaring goals, and I'm here to help you get there. I am so glad that you made it here. If you have a question or topic idea, get in touch and let me know. After all, this show is for you. Enjoy! Hello, my friends and fellow athletes. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so grateful that you're here. Before we talk about the 16 most common rule violations, I always start with a little message from my Train With Heart program. It's my mission to transform the whole athlete. So heart not only develops and prepares the body for improved athletic performance, but aims to optimize the whole person through healing, empowerment, awareness, reflection, and transformation. So each episode, I share a little snippet from how I help my athletes with one of these elements. Today, we are going to discuss healing. Today, as we discuss healing, I want you to think of yourself as water. You see, water is flexible and strong at the same time. When we think of healing, be it physical or mental, we must be adaptable and indestructible. Rather than staying stuck in certain mindsets, we must adapt to our situations, grow, and change. Adopt the qualities of water. Bruce Lee, the infamous martial arts extraordinaire and overall badass, said, Be like water, making its way through cracks. Do not be assertive, but adjust to the object, and you shall find a way around it or through it. If nothing within you stays rigid, outward things will disclose themselves. Empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, and it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow, or it can crash. 
be water, my friend. You see, when Bruce Lee was training with his martial arts master, he would practice punching water, and he realized that no matter how hard he struck the water, he couldn't hurt it. The water seemed weak. However, water can penetrate the hardest substances in the world. Similarly, James Clear says, Water never complains, but always pushes back. Always. Drop a boulder in front of a stream, and the water will simply flow around it, taking whatever opening the landscape will give, or, when nothing is offered, patiently building up its resources until it rises to a height where a new gap is found. Flow like water. Never complain, but always push back. Be flexible when you need to be, but be strong when you need to be. Let's go through a healing affirmation. I am flexible when I need to be. When I have flexibility, I can adjust to changing situations. One thing I can always count on is this. Change is constant. And for this reason, I have learned to embrace change. Because I accept change, I can stay balanced whenever there is a diversion in life. Trying to control everything about my life can get pretty frustrating. Therefore, it is wiser for me to go with the flow. I recognize the difference between things I can change and things that are beyond my control. For those things beyond my control, I am flexible. Life is much easier whenever I am willing to go with the flow. So my friend, take your time, be like water, and slowly shape your world. Race season is upon us. In fact, for me, the first race is this weekend the Memphis and May Sprint and Olympic Triathlon and Aquabike here in Memphis. I'm not racing, though. This year, other than Ironman Wisconsin in September, I will not be racing. I have mentioned before that I am a certified race official. Rather than racing this year, I have chosen to give back to the triathlon community by officiating at my local triathlons. Did you know that there are race officials on the course at many triathlon races? Not every race will have officials, but many will. Race directors that provide USAT-sanctioned races for their community will likely have competitive rules officials. What is their purpose? Well, to ensure safety and fairness for all competitors. The way we ensure safety and fairness is by enforcing the rules outlined in the USAT Multi-Sport Competition Manual. Remember that there is a purpose for every rule, and also remember that the officials on course are there for your benefit. Triathlon and multi-sport events can get very hectic. There are so many moving parts and so many moving people. So as a coach, an official, and as a triathlete, I get asked questions all the time about various rules and how to avoid penalties or disqualification. Over the last couple of weeks, I have had the privilege of participating in some local clinics that are offered leading up to race day. These free clinics are designed so that participants can learn from local coaches, ask their questions, and just get a leg up for race day. I have been sharing the most commonly violated rules and how to avoid making the same mistakes. Also, there are several big updates to the 2023 multi-sport competition rules. After running a few clinics and answering lots of questions, I thought I would share some of the same information with you. So I'm going to go through 16 of the most commonly violated and most commonly asked about rules, as well as the big changes this year to the rulebook. As always, if you have any questions, that's what I'm here for please contact me at officialtriathletepodcast at gmail.com with your questions. I am happy to answer any questions, no matter how simple they may seem and no matter how many times I've answered those questions. Okay, number one is helmets. Only helmets approved by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, the CPSC, may be used in a USAT-sanctioned event. 
Helmets must be worn at all times while on your bike. This means before, during, and after the event. If you're on your bike, you have to have your helmet on. Number two is chin straps. Chin straps must be fastened and fit properly when the athlete is in possession of the bicycle. This means from the time they remove the bike from the bike rack at the start of the bike leg until after they have placed their bike on the rack at the finish of the bike leg. Do not unbuckle your chin strap unless you are off your bicycle and it is properly racked. Now, if a participant moves off the bike course for any reason, the participant may not unfasten or remove the helmet until after the athlete has moved outside the boundary of the bike course route and has dismounted the bike. The athlete must securely fasten the helmet before re-entering the bike course or remounting the bike. Number three is unauthorized assistance. No assistance other than that offered by race staff, including volunteers, medical officials, and active participants may be used. A participant shall not physically assist the forward progress of another participant on any part of the course. So just to clarify on that one, you can receive assistance from another athlete. They just can't help move you forward. Number four, transition area. All equipment must be placed in the properly designated and individually assigned bike corral. That's if they are assigned. All participants must return their bicycles to an upright position in their designated bicycle corral. No person shall interfere with another participant's equipment or impede the progress of another participant. All bar ends must be solidly plugged. Number five, the mount and dismount line. An athlete must mount and dismount the bicycle at the respective designated mounting and dismounting zones. Do not get on your bicycle inside the transition area. Number six, drafting. So this year, there is a little bit of a change. The drafting zone is separated into two different sections, one for the sprint and Olympic distance races and one for longer distance courses. So for the sprint and Olympic distance race, you must keep at least five bike lengths or 10 meters of clear space between you and the cyclist in front. If you move into the zone, you must pass within 20 seconds. For longer course races, keep at least six bike lengths or 12 meters of clear space between you and the cyclist in front. If you move into the zone, you must pass within 25 seconds. For motorized vehicles, the draft zone behind motorcycles shall be 15 meters long and 35 meters long for all other motorized vehicles. The front edge of the vehicle defines the start of the draft zone. Athletes must not gain or attempt to gain an unfair advantage from any external vehicle or motorcycle. A maximum of 90 seconds will be allowed to pass through the draft zone of a motorized vehicle of any type. Number seven, position. Athletes must ride right and only move left to complete a legal pass and must not block athletes attempting a legal pass. An athlete should not attempt to complete a pass unless the athlete is highly confident in their ability to complete the pass in the allotted amount of time. Once an athlete enters the draft zone of another cyclist, there is only one exit, and that's out the front. Illegal passes and blocking. Cyclists must pass on the left, not on the right. Blocking is riding on the left side of the lane without passing anyone and impeding other cyclists from attempting to pass. Being overtaken. Once passed, an athlete must immediately begin dropping back out of the draft zone of the forward athlete before attempting to repass. An athlete is deemed to have been passed once the leading edge of the front wheel of the passing bicycle has moved in front of the leading edge of the passing athlete's bicycle.
Number eight, the course. All competitors must follow the prescribed course and stay within all coned lanes. Cutting the course is an obvious violation, and going outside the course is a safety issue. Cyclists shall not cross a solid yellow center line. Cyclists must always obey all applicable traffic laws. Number nine, unsportsmanlike conduct. Foul, harsh, argumentative, or abusive language or other unsportsmanlike conduct directed at race officials, USAT triathlon officials, volunteers, spectators, or fellow athletes is forbidden. Treat other athletes, officials, volunteers, and spectators with respect and courtesy. Number 10, headphones and communication devices. Participants may carry a phone, such as mounted on bike handlebars or in an armband, but may not use communication devices of any type, including but not limited to cell phones, smartwatches, and two-way radios, in any distractive manner during the competition. A distractive manner includes but is not limited to making or receiving phone calls, sending or receiving text messages, playing music, using social media, taking photographs, or using one- or two-way radio communication. Do not use headphones, headsets, iPods, MP3 players, or other personal audio devices. If a phone has music emitting from it, the phone becomes a personal audio device. Number 11, race numbers. All athletes are required to wear race numbers at all times during the bike and run. Numbers must be clearly visible. Helmet and bicycle stickers must be worn and clearly visible if provided by the race director. No additional stickers should be worn. Bibs with race numbers should be worn at all times while on the run. Numbers may not be altered in any way that prevents clear identification. Do not transfer your number to another athlete or take the number from an athlete that is not competing. Remove any race number stickers not applicable to the current race. Number 12, wetsuits. Each age group participant shall be permitted to wear a wetsuit without penalty in any event sanctioned by USAT up to and including a water temperature of 78 degrees Fahrenheit. When the water temperature is greater than 78 degrees but less than 84 degrees Fahrenheit, age group participants may wear a wetsuit at their own discretion, provided, however, that participants who wear a wetsuit within such temperature range shall not be eligible for prizes or awards. Above 84 degrees and wetsuits are prohibited. Number 13, abandonment. All personal equipment and belongings taken out onto the course must stay on the athlete the entire time. No garbage, clothing, etc. shall be thrown on the course. Number 14, forward progress. An athlete is not permitted to make any forward progress without the bicycle and all its component parts. If a bicycle is rendered inoperable, a participant may proceed on the cycling course, running or walking, while pushing or carrying the bicycle, so long as the bicycle is pushed or carried in a manner not to obstruct or impede progress of other participants. Number 15, running conduct. An athlete may not crawl. Athletes may not be accompanied by non-competing athletes. No non-competing athlete is allowed in the finisher shoot. And number 16, Glass containers and other hazardous items. Glass containers are prohibited. Athletes should not wear, use, or carry items deemed to be hazardous to oneself or others. Examples are hard casts, jewelry, glass or metal containers, or mirrors. The reference to mirrors does not apply for athletes with a medically verified condition. Okay, (laughs) 
Now that we've been through the most commonly violated rules, let me just emphasize and mention a few rule changes that happened this year. Though I already spoke of this, I want to make sure it is clear. The biggest change is the lengthening of the draft zone. Prior to this year, there was one standard draft zone that was seven meters or three bike lengths long. This changed, and now there are two sets of draft zones. For the sprint and Olympic distance races, the draft zone expanded to 10 meters or five bike lengths with a 20-second pass. Longer courses, like the half or full distance, the draft zone has expanded from 7 meters to 12 meters or six bike lengths with a 25-second pass. This is a significant change. To be clear, for a super sprint, sprint, and Olympic distance race, you must have five bicycle lengths of clear space between you and the cyclist in front of you. This is a rather large distance. Unless you are ready to attempt to pass on the front rider, it is your responsibility to stay out of the draft zone. Otherwise, you are considered to be gaining an unfair advantage by drafting. Drafting occurs when a cyclist moves into an area of low pressure behind another cyclist, reducing the wind resistance and the amount of energy required to pedal. If you choose to pass the cyclist in front of you, you must be sure of your ability to make that pass and do so within 20 seconds. Once you enter the draft zone, there is only one exit, and that is forward, so be sure that you have enough speed to make a full pass. Safely move left to pass the cyclist. If you are the leading cyclist and a rider behind you makes an attempt to pass, you cannot move in such a way as to block them. You can, however, speed up, but once their front wheel passes your front wheel, you have been overtaken, and it is now your responsibility to fall back out of the draft zone. Once you are outside of the draft zone, if you want to attempt to repass, you can do so by applying the same rule. Again, for longer races, the draft zone is six bike lengths and 25 seconds to pass. Some other rule changes are, number one, this applies to championship races only, not your standard age group race. But if you are participating in a championship race, the wetsuit upper limit is now 76.1 degrees rather than 78. Again, this is for championship races only and not for age group regular races. Number two, snorkels are now on the prohibited list. Previously, this was not a well-known item that was not expressly prohibited, but it is now. Mirrors are also prohibited without a medically verified condition. Number three, about running shoes. The sole must be no more than 40 millimeters thick and cannot contain more than one rigid embedded plate or blade. Don't worry, most running shoes will be fine. This became a rule after some pros started wearing shoes like the Adidas Adidas Zero Prime X with a 55 millimeter stack. Number four, there have been some changes to the penalty system and penalty time structure. I'm not going to go into details since that will take up so much time, but the statement that is important to note is, quote, replace the current highly punitive penalty structure with the international standard of blue card and yellow card with on-course notification and penalty enforcement, end quote. And then here are a few rule clarifications. Number one, wetsuits. USAT rules do not define a wetsuit as ending at the wrists, neck, or ankles which allows for the use of hoodies and booties when a swim is wetsuit legal. Buoyancy shorts can be used in lieu of a wetsuit, except when a swim is wetsuit mandatory. Number two, when the swim is wetsuit allowed, wetsuit caps and hoods are allowed. 
you must wear your official swim cap over the additional cap or hood. Number three, race suits. For sun protection or for religious reasons, an athlete may wear a one-piece or two-piece suit. The suit may cover the shoulders and arms, but not extend above the neck or past the wrist or ankle, except for a suit worn for religious reasons when it may cover the head or hair. The face may not be covered. The top section of a two-piece suit must not extend above the neck. And number four, race age body marking. Many times, athletes will put their race age on their left calf. However, the athlete's age may have a great deal to do with what age group they are competing within. It may be helpful information to fellow competitors, but knowledge of the age of the athlete is not a requirement for the enforcement of the competitive rules. Okay, that was a lot of information packed into one episode. Please do let me know if you have any questions. I do my best to explain things, but that doesn't mean that everyone fully understands. I would rather you ask and be sure you understand. Remember that the race officials are there to keep the race safe and fair. We love helping athletes, so feel free to ask a question on race day if you need clarification. I will be at the Memphis and May Triathlon on the weekend of May 13th and 14th, so if you're there, come say hi. My husband, Josh, will be the announcer, and he loves to chat, so go say hi to him too. I'll be officiating at other races throughout the season, and I'll be sure to let you know in case you're racing. So I'm a big podcast listener, so I know that you may be busy doing other things while you're listening. So I created a cheat sheet with the 16 most common rule violations. It's totally free to download. I'll put a link in the show notes, or you can go to trinursecoaching.com slash rule violations to get your free copy. And as always, a quick reminder that I am a multi-sport coach, and I'm on a mission to help you get to the finish line. Get in touch. I'd love to help you. Now, next week, we are going to go through eight breathing techniques that will enhance your performance on the swim, bike, and run. Want a quick way to boost your speed and efficiency? Come back next week to find out how. Have a great week. Bye. That's all for now. Thanks for tuning in. I want to get to know you, so head over to trynursecoaching.com and sign up for a free 30-minute goal-setting session. Love the show? I'd be forever grateful if you left a review and shared the podcast with your friends. And remember, do things that are hard.